Hello, welcome to Poppy Approved Movies. My name is Poppy. And I'm Natalie. In our podcast, we will review and critique my favorite PG-13 movies. Movies that I wasn't allowed to watch until I turned 13. Every week, Natalie and I will watch a new PG-13 movie. And I'll see if Poppy's movies live up to the hype. Which, of course, they will. Today, we're going to be watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Before we begin, there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie and don't want it to be spoiled, press pause and come back when you're finished. Now, Poppy, tell me the dates on this movie. Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2014 with a runtime of two hours and one minute. It was written by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman, based on the comic book by Dan Abnett. It was directed by James Gunn. The main stars are Chris Pratt, Vin Diesel, and Bradley Cooper. Fun facts. This is the 10th Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU movie out of 30. I knew that Nat would probably quit the podcast if I had her watch all the entire MCU catalog. So I chose my absolute favorite. Also, it is a perfectly good standalone movie, and you don't need to know anything about the MCU to enjoy it. There was a direct sequel in 2017, and part three will come out in May 2023. I have, it's so weird because I feel like I haven't watched this movie but I do remember watching the second one. You watched the second one somewhere? Yeah, I just watched the second one and didn't watch the first one. That's funny. All right, Nat. So what do you think? Well, I think that this movie was overall pretty good. It was kind of... I was getting kind of tired at the end, though. Because it, it felt like it was a little too long, though. You have a thing about long movies, huh? You're always kind of... I think your attention span... Maybe Gen, it's awesome. Maybe Gen Z attention span is different than uh, you know, than than Gen X attention span. I don't know. Well, sometimes there's like some unnecessary parts of the movie, and they just take they just take a lot of time. That's true. So, what do you rate it? Drum roll, please. I give it a four stars. Four stars. <laughs> <laughs> that's a common star that you're giving every movie I think at the end of the day you think most of my movies are just good not great not bad except for Fifth Element you gave that two and a half stars though. it was not two and a half it was like three and a half maybe The Fifth Element? yeah well we'll have to look back episode I don't know four three I already forgot I know we're like really behind already in our brains but um, no, I think you give it a two and a half stars. And I quote, I wish I could have that time back. I hated that episode. But this movie, you liked it. Four stars. Yes. Okay, excellent. Why don't we get into the recap? Okay. We start in 1988 where young Peter Quill is listening to a Walkman as his mother is dying in the hospital. She passes away asking... You were going to say something? Walkman. Okay, let's finish this. <laughs> let's finish this one since you're already attacking the Walkman, which you had. You have one, so don't act like you never heard of it. Hold I, on. It's, I stole it from mom because because you guys are old, but our generation never had a Walkman. That's what cell phones are for. But you have a Walkman, so your generation doesn't. It have was a Walkman. broken. That's how old it was. It works. You listening to it? It only works to certain ones. No. Anyways, so he's listening to the Walkman in the hospital. His mom passes away. Peter's distraught and goes outside where he's abducted by a spaceship. I know, like, just what he needs. His mom dies and he's like, okay, it's alien time. <laughs> I know, right? 
26 years later, we see Peter, now a legendary outlaw named Star-Lord. OMG, it's Andy Dwyer. Yeah, Andy Dwyer. So yeah, uh, once again, one of the TV shows that we love is... Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. And we've already saw Leslie Nope in, a, in Mean Girls. Yeah. And now we're looking at Andy Dwyer as Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. I know. They're, they're, always, they're always in other places. But once you like... TV shows, I feel like since they're like longer, you kind of get to know the characters, so it's harder to see them as different characters. But don't you think, well, we can get to this later, but don't you think Star-Lord... So Leslie Nope and Mean Girl's mom, opposite characters. Yeah. But Andy Dwyer and Star-Lord... They're very similar They're very similar. Just goofy, goofy guy. Yeah, it's funny. All right, anyway, so we meet Star-Lord, Andy Dwyer, um... And he's listening to the Walkman still, and he's dancing his way onto a deserted planet in search for an orb. Are they the same headphones? Because they, like, fit him perfectly both times. Like, you would think little kid headphones, like, would not fit an adult like him. You know, in 1988, I doubt there were little kid headphones. I think they just had headphones. Oh, that's true. And they're adjustable, you know. All headphones are adjustable, so. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyways, he finds it and fights soldiers sent by a man named Ronan. He makes a daring escape in his spaceship, the Milano. So there was this actress, her name was Alyssa Milano, which was like, I think every boy's like first crush. And she was on a TV show called Who's the Boss? And I think it's a reference to her. That's why his spaceship is named after her. Oh. Because in 1988, I think he would have seen that show, yeah. Another outlaw, Yondu, leader of a group of thieves and smugglers called the Ravagers, calls Peter to ask about the orb, and Peter betrays him and wants to keep it for himself. Yondu is so angry that he puts a bounty on Peter. Uh, okay, we're all good friends now. And then they're like, all right, now I'm going to find people to murder you. No, they were trying to capture him. So they're... Oh, yeah, he wants him alive. Wants him alive, yeah. We meet Ronan, who's Kree, a warring alien race. He's upset that his planet and another planet named Xandar are negotiating a peace. He wants to get the orb, which he can use to destroy the whole planet Xandar. He sends Gamora to retrieve it, much to her sister's anger, who wanted to go instead. They both are Thanos' foster daughters rented out to Ronan for the retrieval of the orb. So Thanos is like a character in the background of this movie, which we find out later he's a major, major villain in the MCU. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of like a tiny little character. So was this one. like, was the whole Infinity Stones and all that, was that introduced in this movie? Like, was that started here? Well, I think they were explained here for the first time, but they were they were in the other movies. But they didn't know that there were six of them and that this Thanos character was looking to retrieve them all to, to control and destroy. Well, no spoilers, but yeah. Which will later on we find out in Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Which is another... And you didn't watch any of those, huh? Or did you watch one? I watched Infinity War, I think. You didn't watch any of I don't know what my thing is with watching like random Marvel movies. You guys are like, all right, we're going to the movies. You're coming. I don't watch the other five, but like whatever. Yeah, no, that's true. But you got it though, I think. You're a smart girl. Uh, you I are a smart girl. I didn't understand the Suzical, Dad. Suzical. When did we... Oh, we watched that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still don't understand Suzical. I don't know. On the planet Xandar, we meet Rocket, a genetically engineered animal that resembles a raccoon, and Groot, a giant tree man. They are there to capture Peter Quill for the bounty that Yondu has set up. Peter's buyer refuses to purchase the orb when he finds out that Ronan is looking for it. Peter leaves and meets Gamora, and they fight for the orb. Rocket and Groot join in the fight, then all four of them are arrested by the Nova Corps. 
Who are the Nova Corps again? Kind of like the, so the like the army military force on Xandar. Oh, okay. Yeah, they arrest him. They all get them all. It's funny because he tries to like, um, he tries to like pick up on Gamora, like he was trying to flirt with her and stuff like that, and then she started beating him up. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good fight. The unlikely crew are sent to prison where Rocket and Groot protect Peter because they still want that bounty. That night, Gamora, who is recognized as Rona's assassin, is taken out of her cell and is about to be killed. We meet Drax the Destroyer, whose wife and daughter were killed by Rona, and he wants to kill Gamora. I can't, I can't imagine him as a dad, though. He just uh, seems so grumpy and angry all the time. It's true, and he had a daughter, right? He yeah, never... he doesn't seem like the goofy dad type. No, he doesn't. I think she, he would have been a very strict father, right? Yeah. And she's like, Dad, can I go out with this guy? I will kill this man, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Gamora reveals that she's actually betraying Ronan and Thanos by selling the orb to a man named the Collector and not retrieving it for them. Peter convinces Drax that he could use her as bait and kill Ronan himself. Drax agrees and lets her go. Peter, Rocket, Groot, and Gamora make a pact to escape and split the profits of the orb. Rocket has a plan to bust their way out of prison and Drax helps them. They retrieve the orb and Peter's Walkman and escape the prison right before Nebula and Ronan show up. You like that scene right there? It was alright. right? When, when he like, they threw the like gun to him and he did the, oh yeah, he sounded like the Candy Crush guy. Oh really? I yeah. Didn't, I didn't notice that. Because he said he has a plan and then we find out that Rocket is a genius. He's able to like change electronic and components to make himself escape yeah at first we just thought he was kind of just like a kind of like a jerky guy who just was rude to everybody and then we yeah. missed earlier on xandar the first time we see him he's talking he's looking at people and we see the stan lee cameo which you know all the marvel movies are known for yeah and he calls him a, what, a class a prevert which is a funny way of calling him pervert but it, i thought it was funny <laughs> anyways but this is when we realize that he's actually not just like a gun-toting crazy guy, but he's also a genius with, with great plans. I, I, I thought it was really funny when he said, oh, yeah, like the Candy Crush, like tasty. <laughs> tasty. Okay, I see what you mean now. Yeah, I, I, I get that voice. The crew goes to nowhere, the planet, where the Collector is on. Yandu hears about the orb, sail, and is on his way. We learn that the Walkman and music are very important to Peter because that's the one thing he and his mother shared. Gamora and Peter almost kiss. But she changes her mind and puts a knife right to his throat instead. <laughs> uh, I read at this point, this is the first Marvel movie. I don't know if it's happened since then where there wasn't someone kissing or uh, they don't they don't have a, like a romantic kiss. Really? Yeah. And it was about to happen, right? Because they were about to kiss. But then she changes her mind and almost cuts his throat off. So because <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's an awesome assassin. The rest of the crew gets on each other's nerves and start fighting. Drax is so angry, he sends a message to Ronan, revealing their whereabouts. At the Collectors, we see a huge collection of different animals and aliens in cages. We find out that the orb is really the Power Stone, one of the six Infinity Stones. The Collector's slave tries to steal it, but explodes due to its incredible power. The crew decided not to sell it and give it to the Zandarian government instead. Do you think about the Collector and his... I mean, that, I think that's been looked down upon or has been criticized a lot about the Collector being like a main character, but really he's a slave owner, right? Is he? I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had people in cages, and Howard the Duck was in a cage, 
all these animals and aliens are in cages that he collects. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's kind of crazy person. Yeah. I think he, in retrospect, when you look back on it, he wasn't a very noble person person. or a good person. Yeah, for sure. Ronan comes and Drax confronts him. Is almost killed. Uh, Ronan's way too strong for Drax. Peter, Rocket, and Gamora try to escape, but Nebula, Gamora's sister, shoots her down and gets the stone. Peter calls Yondu and sacrifices himself to save Gamora. And Yondu captures them both. That's one of my favorite scenes when he flies out into space and he takes off his mask and he gives it to her so she can breathe and he's about to die. But then Yondu saves them both. Oh, yeah, that's true. But I always wondered what that mask was for. Like, I didn't think it was like a space helmet like that. Yeah. I just thought it was like armor. I didn't realize it was like space. Well, we see him earlier when he goes back to get his Walkman. Mm-hmm. And then he flies to the spaceship when they're escaping the prison. That he's flying through space with it. Oh, yeah. That and then makes this sense. time he used it to save her life. And I love it because it was like a real romantic moment when they like brought they were by, captured by Yondu, and he's uh-huh. like, he's like, I don't know what came over me, and just something inside me is incredibly heroic, and he just started being conceited, and then she uh-huh. just rolled her eyes. That's a, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> Peter convinces Yondu not to kill him. And says he has a plan to get the stone back that Yondu could keep it. It was so funny because they were like, after he didn't kill him, he's like, ha ha, I almost killed you. Imagine, that's so funny. We learn later in the story that Yondu is the alien group that abducted him when he was little. Oh, okay, rude. Yeah, so they were doing it for a mission from his dad, but they never gave him back to his dad. Which we find out in the second movie that that was a good thing. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so Drax, Rocket, and Groot join them in Yondu's ship after threatening to kill everyone. Ronan is on his way to destroy Xandar with the Power Stone. A team comes together and they all agree to follow Peter, attack Ronan, and get the stone back before he destroys Xandar. Alright, this is the best part because this is when he does a little speech and he tells everybody his plan and that... They, we should all stick together and become a group to try to save Xandar. Yeah, they got that My Little Pony spirit. Friendship is magic, bro. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. And then the two lines that I, I remember with, like, I love it. The first one is 12% of a plan. Because they're like, what percent of a plan do you have? And he said 12%. And then they all started, and then uh, Rocket started laughing really, really, really hard. And he's like, you're fake laughing. And like, it's real. That's my favorite part of that scene right there. And then Groot, like, because Groot's so sweet and kind. Like, he said, I am Groot, because that's all Groot says. But then um, Rocket says, yes, I know it's more than 11% of a plan. Like, he was trying to, like, be nice, you know, like saying, hey, it's better than 11%, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then um, everybody was funny in that scene. I, I, that, they cracked me up in the whole movie. It's like they can't be serious. <laughs> they can't be serious, yeah. But then they all stand together, and then they all group up and become the guardians of the galaxy right there. <laughs> the plan is to go. Rocket tears a hole into the Dark Aster, Ronin's ship. The Milano containing Groot, Gamora, Peter, and Drax go in to kill Ronin and take the stone. Meanwhile, Rocket and the rest of the Ravagers attack all of the Kree spaceships with the help of the Nova Corps. Some of those Kree spaceships started attacking the planet. They were like... 
like dive bombing onto the planet, destroying people and things like that. Oh. And then, oh, you saw the movie? Where are you saying, oh, like you don't remember it? I can't remember it. Oh my god! It was so, it was so kind of boring. There oh were so gosh, many little Natalie. parts I did not remember because they were just, it was just a mediocre movie. Four? You gave it a four. I think we need to re- realign your stars because four means it's a good movie. Yeah, good is mediocre. Like a four would be a B, right? That's a good grade. Yeah. No, mediocre C. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to grade, but you've broken my heart. This is the, the teacher coming out of you. I guess. And then, okay, maybe. But <laughs> I understand you don't remember everything, but you should remember the... Okay, whatever. That's good. I don't remember. All right, whatever. And, and I've seen the movie a hundred times, so I know I remember every scene very well. It was, but... it was not memorable. <laughs> it wasn't memorable? It was not. So this might be our last episode of Bobby no! Hood. <laughs> because I signed up for you to love my movies, not to to love them. No, and you cherish didn't. Them and then watch them every day. So like when I walk in, you're like re-watching Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Why would I do that? Because it's so good. Okay, let's, It's like let's, a two-hour movie or something. What a waste of time. I got things to do, Dad. Right, like the tube of you, right? You love that. No, I have draw and I have to watch TV, you know? I'm really busy over here. Back to the recap. <laughs> okay. Inside, it doesn't matter because it's almost over. Don't worry, we're almost over, Natalie. Inside the ship, the Guardians make mincemeat out of all the aliens on board, especially Groot. Uh, there's that scene where Groot stabs through like 10 guys, like with his arm, his tree arm. And just bashes them left and right and left and right. And then he gets rid of them. And then he turns around to everybody and just starts smiling. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was like, really funny. Yeah, that's mom's favorite. Mom loves Groot. I think we're going to talk Although, about that later. Although, after like, killing five people, that smile looked kind of psychotic. I know, but he, it was like he was proud of himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, he kind of looking at you and like, are you proud of me? I'm proud of you, kind of thing. So, yeah. Gamora and Nebula face off. Nebula loses and falls off the ship, but she survives. Drax shoots Ronan with a huge gun, and nothing happens. They're about to get killed by Ronan, and then Rocket flies in and crash lands onto Ronan, causing the Dark Astra to crash. Before everybody falls to their doom, Groot sacrifices themselves to save the crew by making a cocoon with all of them inside. What did he say? We are Groot, right? He said we are Groot. So the, one, so the whole movie, he only has three words, I am Groot, and he only says I them in that order. Groot. And that scene was we are Groot. Tears? No tears, Natalie? No. Oh, okay. Maybe tears of like, I'm tired. My goodness. I, yeah. Okay. (laughs) On Xandar, the crew awakens unharmed except Groot, who is a bunch of branches. Then Ronan comes out with the Power Stone, ready to destroy Xandar. Peter distracts Ronan with a dance-off, while Rocket quickly makes a gun with the spare parts he finds on the floor. Yeah, I would be distracted too. I'd be like, what is wrong with this man? Yeah, he's doing some dance moves. He's a funny dancer too, right? It's not like he was doing really good dance moves. But I can see Andy Dwyer doing those dance moves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, They shoot Ronan's weapon. They shoot the power stone out of his hand and the stone begins to fall. Peter grabs it and almost destroys him. But Gamora, Drax, and Rocket hold hands with him to share the burden. They use the stone and kill Ronan and then they put it in an orb to contain it. Rocket mourns Groot and saves a single branch to replant. He's crying. You didn't cry there either? No. I don't get how... Have you how... ever cried in a movie before? Yes. Okay, go ahead. This movie was not emotional. Sure. Groot was... Okay, go ahead. 
I don't understand how he plants the stick, but like, where are the roots in the stick? It's just a dead branch. Like, how did he grow back into Groot? I don't know. There but are again, no roots in the stick. But then again, Root is a Groot. Groot. Groot is a giant man tree, so we'll have to kind of just forget about biology We'll let that one slide for a We'll let that one slide, right? As we have um, amazing, crazy things going on in the world, but. But that's what you have issue with, that they're going to replant this tree. I'm just saying it should, you know, make sense. Okay. Not okay. just be random. All right. Then Yandu comes and demands the orb, and Peter gives it to him, which we find out later that he switched the orb with a little troll inside. The trolls were toys from back in the 80s, which are now popular again because of the movie, right? Yeah, we had, like, there's two trolls in movies, right? I think so. I know we watched, I think we watched them in the movie theater, right? I think so. Back then, though, like in the movie, I think it was like wooden, but now they're all like colorful. No, they're plastic. They were plastic back then. Oh, really? Yeah. They like they the one in the movie was like brown, and then it had like colorful hair. I think they but all now... had that color, that that color, that brownish color, and then they all had different hair colors. I don't remember. I know they were popular for a long time. I don't know why. Oh. Guardians give the real stone to the Zandarian government, and they, in return, expunge their criminal records and rebuild the Milano. They leave for the next adventure, and Groot does a cute dance. So Groot is replanted, survives, and he starts to grow again as a little baby plant, a little a little tree sapling. Yeah. The end. I love this movie. Still funny. It has great action. Each character brought something great to the crew and were funny in their own right. Drax was hilarious because he, he didn't get metaphors or nuances. It was, everything was very literal. Yeah. Rocket Raccoon was hilarious and totally mean to everybody. Groot was cute and adorable. Star-Lord was funny, too, although we never call him Star-Lord. That one time, they're like a guy calls him Star-Lord, and he was like, yeah, he felt good about it. Yeah. He's a big goofball, and he loves his team, and he'll do anything for them. So, Mom's favorite character, Groot, I was saying earlier, uh, she has a baby Groot on her desk at school. She still has it. So yeah. Even though this movie is a few years old, she still loves him so much. She wanted to get, like, a teenage group, but we couldn't find it. Oh, really? Yeah. Because in the, in the second movie? No, no, I think in the... Second movie. So he becomes teenage group at the end, right? Because he's baby group in the movie. Yeah, at the end he's teenage group. Yeah. All right. Could this movie still be made today? Well, I think overall it could be made today, but there were, like, some parts, mostly Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I think that's just his sense of humor, though, but he was still kind of kind of crazy first of all he like during his like big plan he takes the the guy with the prosthetic leg like that's just mean that's like being making fun of a disabled person and true and, then, and he didn't need it yeah and he didn't need it, it wasn't a part of the plan it was just to make fun of him or poke fun at him true 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 so that was rude yeah when he was talking to Gamora, he says, like, oh, you're pretty popular. Maybe you could make a trade with them. And, like, that's just uh, Like, using your body for, like, something like that? Yeah, like, just leave her alone, kind okay. of. Yeah, that's about it, though. All right. Does it pass the Bechdel test? No. <laughs> it almost... Let's, let's go over the Bechdel test again. Remember, it's about um, women and female representation in movies. There are three questions. Let's go ahead and go through each one. First one is, are there two female characters that are named? Yes, there's Gamora, and then there's... Wait, what's her sister's name again? Nebula. Nebula, and then I think there was a few others. 
And then there is the Nova Prime, which is like uh, the president of Xandar. Uh-huh. All right, so there. Okay, do they talk to each other? They do talk to each other. Gamora and Nebula fight, and then I think they talk to Nova Corp sometimes. Okay, and do they talk to each other about anything other than a man? Uh, no. Mm, I'm going to have to disagree with this one. Well, the scene I thought was going to make it was um, Nebula and Gamora when they were fighting, but oh. they were talking about their father and then, like, other stuff, and he's technically a man, so... Okay, how that about when work. earlier when the two of them were talking to each other about who wants to go and get Peter Quill and the orb? They're still, it's not like they're talking to each other privately, though, because they're, they're talking with another man also that? in the conversation. Yeah, I don't know if that makes a difference. If there are two women who are talking about something other than men. I think they were talking about a lot about how they, because they have issues with each other, right? Yeah. It's like It seems like Nebula was really jealous of Gamora because there is a scene in in the movie we didn't mention earlier, that Thanos calls Gamora his favorite daughter. Yeah. And then Nebula is, like, sad about it because he's like, hey, I'm right here, man. I'm the one that didn't betray you. What are you doing? Yeah, that's true. I think they do end up talking. I'd have to watch the movie. I think we're going to have to do a a, a rewatch of that one scene to see if there's any... I, I, I want to disagree with you. I think it does pass the Bechdel test. Whoa, we have... Huh? Just look it up. Oh, I should look it up. This is a tiebreaker here. I am at the side where it did not pass the Vectal test. Wow. You know, I think probably the best type of podcasting we should do is the one where I'm on the computer looking for stuff. Well, this is not your section, but you wanted to butt in, so we're going (laughs) to see. (laughs) All right. All right. There is a website called thebechteltest.com. The movie passed three of three tests. (laughs) Gamora and Nebula have an argument at the beginning over which of the two can effectively recover the MacGuffin and Xander. From the end of the movie, they have another fight about their ongoing issues. Why why are they always fighting? Can they not have a normal conversation? Wait, these are just people, so it's not like an expert. So these are just reviews. So someone disagrees with me and agrees with you. Oh, this one also does. I think having an argument of who can recover an object from a man to give another man only marginally counts. It does does not count. Well, they're saying marginally, like, you know, barely. You you just said these are random people, so I do not believe it. It does not pass the Vectel test. Hmm. Disagreed? There's a lot of disagreed. Either way. I don't know. This is a good one. There's a lot of disagreements. We'll have to say, Natalie's wrong, I'm right, and then we'll move on from that. No, that's the opposite. Take that, reverse it. Okay, so I'll say, I'm right, Natalie's wrong, like we reverse no, it? No, no! <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am right. Daddy's partially wrong, partially right, mostly wrong, though. And that's the end of the story, close case. I guess, like you said, you're the expert in the situation. I don't know. I'm not the expert. The website says, yes, it passed. But then there's a lot of people who disagree with it, whether it passed or not. This is a very confusing situation. Okay, well, we can agree to disagree. And one of us is right and the other is wrong. <laughs> All right. That's Anything me. else that you want to share about the movie? Uh, no. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Poppy Approved Movies. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. We put out an episode every Friday. If you want to suggest a movie for us to watch and critique, 
Email us at poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. That's poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps. We'll try our best to get to your suggestion. And remember, it has to be PG-13. Next time, we're watching Inception. So I hope you join us. I'm Poppy. And I'm Natalie. See you next time. Bye.